This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thanks for tuning in to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. You know. What's up, Raider Nation? Another week here on the Raider Cody Podcast. We have an eventful week. How are you doing, Chris? What's going on, man? What's going on, Raider Nation? Just uh, gearing up here, Super Bowl week, and uh, looking forward to talking about some running backs that could be on, in the silver and black this coming season. And uh, we made some changes here, too, to the podcast on our Twitter accounts. We launched a new one for the for the podcast. It's at Raider Cody Pod. Make sure you follow it. And make sure not just that, you follow our personal accounts. I launched a new one as well. Make sure you follow me if you followed me before, at Raider Cody underscore and make sure you also are following chris at chris wysong but i'll warn you unless you're a really good follow you might not get that follow back so you you better earn it for him (laughs) hey now hey now don't be calling me out like that (laughs) i like to keep the timeline clean it's nothing personal (laughs) like i said if you want that follow back you gotta earn it remember that you gotta earn it but uh let's quit messing around are you ready to jump into the announcements this week chris let's go let's do it Raiders Director of Pro Personnel, Dane Vandernat, has left the team. His contract is expiring after the draft. Dave Rosano is expected to temporarily take on the role. Big news today also. We had the Hall of Fame inductees announced. We have Ed Reed, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, Kevin Mayway, Hey, uh, yo, Cody, is it just me or is there a certain name left off that uh, Hall of Fame list that maybe should have made it? I don't know. You know what? There, There is a name missing off that list, man. And uh, it hurts me to say it. I had a little segment already dedicated to him. But All right. with the plans changing, we're going to go ahead and break this down in real talk later. So make sure you guys stick around. Now, Chris, you ready to jump into running backs? Let's go. Running back is a position that is commonly short-lived on teams around the entire NFL, not just the Raiders. We've had a lot of popular running back transactions over the years as well as developing young talent into starters. So, Chris, let's break down the running backs that ended the season on the Raiders roster. First, Marshawn Lynch. Ended his season 376 yards, three touchdowns on 4.2 yards a carry. Chris, what do you think about Marshawn this year? I love beast mode. Um, I thought when he was, you know, playing before he, you know, suffered the injury and, uh, you know, missed the rest of the season, 
I thought he was our best offensive player, our most consistent offensive player. Um, you know, he's, you know, at his age, what, 32, whatever, you know, however old he is, he still plays at a really high level. He's still very difficult to tackle, you know, and, and, and he's a guy who, you know, since he came to the Raiders in, you know, prior to the 2017 season, he's played really well. I'd love to have him back again. It just comes down to does Marshawn still want to play? You know, and I know there was a report that came out that, Marshawn and his agent were going to talk to, you know, John Gruden and Mark Davis about a possible return. I'm not sure, you know, exactly how, how much truth there is to that. Um, but I would love to have him back. But again, it just comes down to, does he want to play? And also on top of that, does he want to play in a stadium? That's not the Oakland Coliseum. You know, mm -hmm. if the Raiders play it, you know, Oracle park, which was formerly AT&T, uh, where the San Francisco giants play, is he okay playing there? If they play at Levi's, is he okay playing there? You know? So, I think the, that's the, the biggest couple of questions um, when it comes to Marshawn. I think it's pretty much all on him. I think Gruden would be happy to have him back. And, you know, obviously last year in the Bay Area, I, I'd love for Marshawn Lynch to wear number 24 again mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, mow some dudes over. Um, he plays inspired, man. He plays with heart, don't you think? Oh, dude, totally. Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of hinging to the point to where this could be you know, the end of beast mode. I'm waiting for that infamous uh, hanging up the cleats picture on social media. Uh, could happen, could not, depending, I guess, like you said, where we're playing, uh, whatever suits him. I mean, the Beast has to be happy to to come back next year, definitely. You know what, man? It, I completely agree. And, and you know, it's, it's so unfortunate when you look at the whole situation. Like, Marshawn came back to, you know, play for not just the Raiders, who, you know, had obviously been the team in his local area for, you know, such a long time. But... Also, he came back for his people, the yeah. people of Oakland that he loves so much in his community. And, you know, and just from the Raiders perspective in terms of winning, we kind of thought that Marshawn was like the last piece that we needed yeah. after the 2016 season. OK, we were so good, like, you know, especially offensively. And then if we upgrade Marshawn Lynch, you know, over Latavius Murray, man, like where can this offense go? We're yeah. going to be completely unstoppable. And the first two weeks, obviously, it looked like that completely fell apart after that so it's a bit unfortunate that Marshawn hasn't been able to be on a real competitive Raiders team he deserved it though man his effort was uh you know warranted a winning team but unfortunately it didn't work out that way definitely and I've noted it many times on many episodes but I'm going to say it again we could be down two touchdowns and you give Beast Mode the ball and I guarantee you nine times out of ten he's getting me out of my seat because he's mowing someone over and he's making something happen he was just pure entertainment no matter what the score was no matter how our season was going beast mode i mean he set the tone and i think he did a good thing for you know young guys in the locker room especially like jalen richard i mean he goes out there too with almost that same mentality he's not the same player he doesn't have that same ability but he goes out there man and he proves a point and he runs hard every single time so it was good to have him there and take those guys under his wing but next guy in line doug martin doug was a guy that came in and wasn't very exciting whenever we signed him i remember going to training camp and you know of course he doesn't want to be called muscle hamster anymore but I tell you what, the dude stood about 10 yards away from me, and he was absolutely yoked. Um, of course, we were still questioning, you know, the burst he had. He was getting up there in age. He's been dealing with injuries. But he went out there and finished off the end of the year absolutely stellar, man. In his seven-year career, this was his third best season. Had he started all 16 games, I don't doubt that this could have competed with the other two. He looked fresh. He's also set to become an unrestricted free agent after playing out his one-year contract. But I think I'd be all on board with signing him, of course, depending on what happens this offseason. Uh, where do you sit with Doug Martin, Chris? 
Well, you know, when he was first signed, um, you know, I thought everyone kind of made a bigger deal about, you know, why are we signing Doug Martin? To me, it was like, you know, from what the numbers had come in, he was going to be extremely cheap. And I thought, Mm -hmm. Hey, why not? You know, if he has some juice left, great. If he doesn't, then it's a non-guaranteed, really cheap contract. He made less than a million dollars this year. And, uh, you know, and I knew that Marshawn was our number one guy, but you know, why not let him compete? Obviously, you know, Gruden thought he had enough juice in training camp, didn't really play him much in preseason. And, and he was all systems go for the regular season. Marshawn goes down throughout the year and, uh, you know, and Doug, honestly, he played okay. Um, I'm not going to say that he played great. I think he had some nice moments, um, you know, more good than bad. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some games where he had some nice stretches. He did have some fumbles that really hurt the team. Yeah. Um, you know, in that, in that game where we really could have beat the chiefs, he had a really, you know, killer fumble. I know that, um, you know, in Oakland, I think we lost that game, you know, 40 to 33, but you know, we were right there with Kansas city, a lot of the game and, but overall, Doug did a pretty good job. But in no way am I like gonna blink if he's not a Raider next year. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think I think running back is something that, if especially if Marshawn doesn't come back, we need to get a guy like we need to pay an established veteran that fits well or draft. There's plenty of studs in this draft. So in, in no way am I like Doug needs to have a big part of the offense next year. To me, it's take it or leave it right now. Now let's move down the next guy in the depth chart. Jalen Richard, Jalen to me, I mean, he developed a great role. Obviously, John pointed that out midway through the season. He was a little bit underwhelming as a ball carrier, but he came out big. He had ended of the year with 607 yards receiving. That's huge. He carved out a great role for Derek in this offense. I feel like Rocket has a little bit more fire in his play. I've seen better flashes of him in previous years, especially as a ball carrier, rushing the ball. Um, this last year, he kind of deterred from that, and he was mainly a primary receiver coming out of the backfield. Overall, I think he played great. Um, now he's entering the offseason as a restricted free agent, our third-year running back. Chris, this is kind of a confusing situation. I even kind of get lost in it sometimes myself. Can you explain to us uh, what the difference is between a unrestricted and restricted free agent for Jalen? Great question. Uh, so the issue with Jalen Richard being a restricted free agent is that he is still – tied to the Raiders there's a decision to make um as far as the Raiders are concerned unrestricted free agent they go sign wherever they want to sign unless they're franchise tagged right um but with the restricted free agent the Raiders have a few options they can uh basically do a tender on him they could do a first round tender which basically means they'll pay him a little over four million dollars almost four and a half million dollars for one year and he's a Raider unless he signs with another team contract but if he does do that that team would have to give the Raiders a first round pick in return that's the deal with the first round tender which obviously no one's going to give up a first round pick and sign Jalen Richard long term Mm -hmm. there's also a second round tender which is 3.1 million so again that's a one-year 3.1 million dollar contract and if he were to go sign a long-term deal or any deal with another team with that tender put in place that team would have to also give the Raiders a second round pick then there's another thing called an original round tender, which is a little over $2 million, But this doesn't apply to the Raiders because Jalen Richard was an undrafted free agent. Exactly. So, And then there's a, the last option the Raiders have is to do a right of first refusal, which means Jalen can go sign any deal he wants with any team. And the Raiders will have a certain amount of days. I believe it's like five days to match it yeah. or not match it. And then that deal becomes official with another team. 
What I think the Raiders should do, unless they're hell-bent on signing Jalen Richard long-term, um, I would just do the second-round tender on him. Yeah. It's, you know, look, his production, he had 68 catches. No one's going to give up a second-round pick to sign Jalen. So I would pay him the $3.1 million second-round tender, put him in a position where he's in another contract year, and he's going to have to go ball out to earn even more money the next year. Because, you know, Jalen this year, I'm not saying Jalen didn't try in previous years or whatever, because, you know, Jalen's a high-effort player. But there's no doubt he knows that this past season it was a big year as far as him making money this coming season. And if the Raiders do the second-round tender on him, pay him a little over $3 million, they put him in another situation where he's got to go ball out again and and take things to the next level to get an even bigger paycheck down the road. So I think that's the smart move for the Raiders, and then it can give by them a year to see if they want to sign him longer term or just get their run out of him before they eventually let him go. Um, you know, And I think that's the best move, second-round tender, $3.1 million. Unless they are, like you said, unless they are hell-bent on giving him a contract extension already, it'll keep us out of the situation of uh, – forcing us to match that contract extension from another team. So I like that. Second round tender, Jalen Richard, book it. Hope it happens. And I just want to say the the numbers, I wasn't sure. Every year it's different in terms of like the dollar amounts for the tenders, but I got those numbers from overthecap.com. They do a great job. So if you ever want to know any like cap number stuff, that's a great website to go to, Raider Nation. Perfect. And next guy on our list, we got DeAndre Washington. DeAndre came out in the same draft as Jalen Richard. Very similar players, almost. I mean, they're they're pretty much clones out there on the field. The first year, it was so hard to get used to them. Is that 30 or 33? Is that 30 or 33? Then you kind of start to get used to their styles. DeAndre kind of became more of just that back that you'd give him the ball and hopefully he'd go in there and rumble around with it. But he had a hard time staying on the field. Um, I felt like he was very elusive. He ran very hard. But like I said, the health is what is going to be his main concern Chris, what do you think about his future on, in 2019 with the Raiders? Man, it's it's like the curious case of DeAndre Washington. I mean, it's it's so interesting. You know, obviously fifth-round pick out of Texas Tech, um, you know, prior to the 2016 season. And he had such a good, you know, ending of the year that year. I mean, his best game, honestly, like he had built up throughout the year. And he was right there with Jalen Richard, really productive back in that trio with Latavius Murray. He had his best game against the Colts, the one where Derek Carr you know, broke his leg that, mm-hmm. you know, he had two touchdowns that game yeah. and seemed to really be coming on. And then in 2017, I, I think there was some games where he was just completely inactive. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously his yards per carry went down. So did Jalen's though. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it was kind of like Gruden came in. Okay. Like maybe we can get Deandre Washington going again, you know, and obviously he got Jalen Richard going. Yeah in a different way, you know, catching the football. But DeAndre, again, he just wasn't really a part of the offense much. Uh, when he was in there, he didn't really do anything too spectacular, but he didn't really get a ton of opportunities. Um, you know, again, though, he's cheap. When you look at his contract, he's signed through this season. It's not guaranteed, but it's 787000 Why move on from him? In my opinion, no. he's an NFL running back. He is. I think he has burst in the open field, and I think he can be – a little productive for a team is he an rb1 i don't know about that but i feel like he he's a running back in the nfl mm-hmm. i agree he definitely needs to come in and be able to compete next year and it does come down to that it comes down to contract price whenever he is that cheap why not it's not going to save us none by cutting him and it just loads up that that running back room a little bit now the last guy i'm going to include on this active roster from last year not necessarily a running back 
I want to just go ahead and mention Keith Smith. Uh, last offseason, we traded him straight across with Jamie Olawali. Uh, pretty much two completely different fullbacks. Uh, we gave them our very versatile fullback that you'd see line up on the outside, uh, running routes, running uh, streaks down the sideline, and, and doing a pretty good job. Right, even many times he filled in as our running back and was a ball carrier multiple times through injury plague seasons. But we traded him off because we're supposed to be going back to the old school smash mouth football, and we wanted a good blocking fullback, and we got that with Keith Smith. And there was a lot of hype behind this guy actually going into the season. You'd see a lot of clips of him going out there. I remember a practice practice with him going out there just completely demolishing a linebacker in practice. And you see things like that, you get excited, you expect us to have this I-formation running game just like on lock. But he kind of disappeared um, throughout the season. Maybe we kind of strayed away from that scheme. But then there was a big drop, I remember, on fourth down. Um, after that, kind of disappeared. Chris, what do you think about Keith Smith? He has one year left on his contract. Where does he sit with you in 2019? Man, that uh, that drop in Denver on fourth down was rough. You know, that defender came right at Derek, and he had to kind of release it quickly. But it was right there. Keith Smith catches that pretty much ices the game uh that was rough but you know he's a uh, he's a special teams player he's a Basaccia guy um you know came over from Dallas and um you know Kyle Wilbur was another one of those guys um you know, linebacker who was came over as a, as a special teams player he had familiarity with you know what Basaccia likes to run Dwayne Harris was another one of those guys who had experience with him um you know but obviously when he was signed I, I remember that video he's like Raider Nation I'm gonna bring the boom this year and I, <laughs> I, I remember having chills like yeah dude yeah. like I love it man but you know obviously it, you know there wasn't a lot of impact also the fourth down play we ran it to him on on fourth and goal in Miami I think and he got stuffed yeah that was another rough one but uh you know, it's it's not really a fullback game where there's a fullback in there a lot of the time. And, you know, the the few opportunities fullbacks get, they got to take advantage of them. And I don't feel like he did that this year. But as far as his blocking, you know, I guess it was I don't I don't know if it was terrible. Um, it wasn't anything like, you know, I saw any clips of him just laying dudes out and, yeah. and clearing the hole for Marshawn or whatever, you know, yeah. but it may I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't think anyone considers Keith Smith's season like a a success you know other than the fact that he got out of it healthy right but um you know definitely want more of that and maybe it's just another situation where Gruden's just establishing his system and maybe he'll have some wrinkles that'll be more favorable for Smith uh, next season uh, Keith Smith definitely wasn't a standout guy this year uh but he is a fullback don't expect much from him now speaking of fullbacks I'm gonna mention one last guy here wasn't on the active roster but he's getting a lot of buzz some good some bad Chris Warren. You're going to call him a fullback right now? <laughs> I mean, if you looked at him, he might be looking like a fullback, man. He, he came in, the rumor has it that he's, he's up to 270 pounds. Uh, I get it. He is six foot two, so he has a little bit of room to work with there. But 270 is pretty big. They, uh, there's also rumors getting spread around that he is a uh, very yoked looking 270. But until I have some proof of that, I'm going to go ahead and stick with Maybe we had a few too many cheeseburgers in the offseason, but he can cut weight. He can get back after it. And uh, to Raider Nation, I mean, I hate to I hate to bash at all on your savior, you know. He's the guy that, of course, we have stashed uh, to maybe have a breakout year this year. And I'm not saying he won't, but I'm not saying uh, that Chris Warren is the guy that we see on our roster and we say, 
oh, you know what? We don't need to go after free agents. Oh, we don't need a we don't need to draft a talented running back this year because we have Chris Warren. Chris Warren's the answer. Not necessarily. He's talented. He's not a bell cow though for our team, man. I mean, he's not the guy that you can throw out there every down and, and let him do work. Um, I like Chris Warren. What do you think about Chris Warren, Chris? Well, um, you know, obviously 270 is pretty yoked. I saw a report that Gruden wants him to get under 260, um, but I hear that he's not fat at all. But, you know, is he a tight end, though? I know you know, <laughs> University of Texas wanted him to be a tight end. You know, he's built like a fullback right now. But uh, I think we got our defensive end. I think we got our edge rusher. <laughs> right? Yeah, we might, yeah. Uh, that bull rush will work pretty good. But, uh yeah, I mean, Chris Warren, look, he, he had a he had a good preseason last year. Um, I think, you know, you've touched on this before. I think Chris Warren's the type of running back where if he has a huge hole there and he can get to, you know, a little head of steam going, you know, DBs want no part of that. You know, he he's a bull, man. There's no doubt about it. He's a load to bring down, um, you know, and uh, but when you look at what is what makes a really good running back and that's guys, especially when you're talking about handing the football off. Can they make a man miss when there should be contact behind the line of scrimmage that would bring him down? Can they break a tackle before the line of scrimmage? Can they get yards without getting ahead of steam? And honestly, I didn't really see Chris Warren flourishing at that last preseason. I saw a lot of examples where he got a lot of yards where he really wasn't touched and he was able to get, you know, a nice seven yard head of steam. And then, it, you know, someone would try to take his legs out. They'd probably get all bruised up because he's a load and he'd do mm-hmm. a flip and gain, you know, three, four yards <laughs> after contact. Right. But I saw when he was having issues behind the line of scrimmage, he wasn't doing a lot with it. And you look at, you know, Marshawn Lynch is an extreme example, right? Because he's one of the, you know, he's probably a Hall of Fame running back. Mm-hmm. But when a dude comes behind the line of scrimmage for contact to try to bring him down, Without a head of steam, he's able to make a miss. He's able to break a tackle, get back to the line of scrimmage, get a couple yards, second and eight instead of second and 12. And I think Austin Gale uh, via Pro Football Focus even brought up a a statistic, um, you know, way back in like late August. He's like, whoa, Raider Nation, slow down. Look at this stat. And it was basically saying Chris Warren didn't do a lot at the line of scrimmage when there was contact. And, uh, you know, that's something he'll definitely have to work on. So in no way am I like, that report by roster watch saying, you know, in Oakland, Chris Warren's the guy. Why would he be the guy? Why would they settle on him being the guy? Like at this point, that makes no sense to me at all. I like him. I'm excited to see him come preseason and training camp. Even before that, I I definitely think he has a really good chance of being on the roster and having an impact, but to say he's the guy is, is silly. I think they definitely, if Marshawn, especially if Marshawn doesn't come back, they need to go replace the RB1. They need to go get, you know, pay a guy, Le'Veon Bell. They need to pay uh, <laughs> Tevin Coleman. They need. They, there's options in the draft we, we're going to talk about too that are that are studs that are, to me, are, all, you know, already, um, you know, more NFL ready to take on the load than Chris Warren is. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that report is extremely premature. And if that's the thinking really in the Raiders facility, then, they must be seeing some off-season stuff that I didn't see last preseason that he has completely improved in so many ways. We'll see how it plays out. Hey, don't be knocking on Roster Watch, man. Hey, they're a verified account. That means that they know everything, dude. They got all the right. sources. <laughs> right. A blue check mark means you're correct about everything. Like like I told you, you know, on Twitter, that source might have been Chris Warren himself. So <laughs> we'll see what happens though. And I got no hate for, you know, C dub three. I mean, no. 
you know, he, uh, he, he's a bull man, but, uh, definitely a lot of improvement to before we're saying he's the guy of the future. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, since we already started talking about free agents, you ready to jump into it? I've been ready for this. I've been <laughs> ready for this for a long time. I've been, I've been marking this on my calendar. <laughs> well, you know free what? Agent running back. So I can talk about my boy. I'm going to tell you what, Chris, normally I like to open up the segment and jump off with my guy and claim my guy first, but I already know this is your dude. So tell us about your free agent target of the offseason. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that, that's my free agent target. I've been talking okay. about him for a long time. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I got a lot of hate for my Antonio Brown segment last week, and that's fine. I can take it. I get a lot of hate for everything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you do. <laughs> you deserve it, though. But uh, anyway, yeah, I love Le'Veon Bell. Um, to me, you know, the Raiders have a ton of money. They have a ton of draft picks. They got four picks in the top 35. And what do we – I'm not scared for the Raiders to go and get elite players. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell is an elite player. And and especially if Marshawn Lynch is not in the picture anymore, sorry, you know, we need to get a guy that to be the guy that's not Chris Warren at this point. Like we need to go mm-hmm. get a guy that fits this offense really well that's elite at running the ball and elite at catching the ball. And the dude that fits that mold is Le'Veon Bell. He is, to me, a perfect fit for what John Gruden wants. And, you know, we know Derek Carr loves checking it down to the running backs when it's not there. He's a smart quarterback. He's not going to force it and throw an interception, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to check it down. Jalen Richard had 68 catches this year. We went over that. Le'Veon Bell is elite at catching the football as a running back. He's elite. As a running back, handing the football to him, he makes guys miss. He actually doesn't take a lot of hits for as many times as he catches the ball. You watch this guy, his patience in the lane is one of the best I've ever seen. I don't even know how he can sit there and just wait for these holes to develop and not panic. You see a lot of another running yeah. backs, you know, panic and run into their own offensive well, lineman and trying to game. make the, the hole happen. I mean, Le'Veon Bell uh, brings it. And also, there's one thing here that's not being talked about, is that Le'Veon Bell is an excellent blocker mm-hmm, out of the mm-hmm, backfield mm-hmm. as a running back. And, you know, that's another thing. He has He's a high-intelligence guy. And you know what? He wants to be paid. And, and you know what? Everyone, if you want to give him a hard time for the way he went about it this year, I mean, at the end of the day, he's preserving his body, and he wants a certain dollar amount for putting his body at risk running back is a taxing taxing thing physically Mm -hmm. and he knows he's good and he wants to be compensated properly and i have no problem look at earl thomas yeah yeah, i know exactly there's plenty of other examples of guys that know their value and he just decided to take a drastic approach he was willing to miss the season he the steelers never thought he was going to do that but uh he called their bluff and he did it. And you know what? I would love for him to be a Raider. And you got to talk about how much money he's going to command, right? I think he's going to probably want, what, like $17 million a year. That's imagine. an extreme amount for a running back. But to me, he's more than a running back. Yeah. He's also, like we talked about, a great receiver, a great blocker out of the backfield. He would completely take care of that position. He would take that spot. If Marshawn Lynch left, we would have probably – you know, I love Jalen, but probably one of the weakest running back rooms Agreed. in the NFL. He would automatically give us one of the best running backs and probably the most complete running back in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the Raiders have plenty of money to spend. And if they're going to, you know, 
obviously spend that much at running back it would probably put them in a position where they'd spend a little less on receiver and draft some guys in that position but I'm all for bringing Bell aboard man let's do it yeah and you need a player like that I get so tired of seeing us or any team of that matter going after and they have two main running backs they got their bell cow they hand the ball off to every time and then they got their little pass catcher that they throw in there and it's you can almost predict what they're doing every single time so to get a full-time three down back Le'Veon Bell that's the guy Listen to this. Le'Veon Bell would be the best Raiders running back since Bo Jackson. Absolutely. Think about that. Absolutely. I love Napoleon Kaufman, because so I feel bad saying that. I really do. I love Charlie Garner, mm-hmm. Tyrone Wheatley, Darren McFadden. I even love Darren McFadden. And for a little bit there, I thought he was one of the best running backs in the league for about a year and a half when he wasn't uh, hurt. But mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell would be the best Raiders running back since Bo Jackson. And um he's he's an explosive player he's complete and elite man and let's go for it but i do have a couple honorable mentions if they don't if you know if we don't want to break the bank or he goes to you know the jets pam 25 million a year whatever i do like tevin coleman um you know i i had him in fantasy football actually and this has nothing to do with fantasy football but it just (laughs) made me watch the falcons a little bit more than i normally would and I like Tevin Coleman. I, I, I really do. I think he's a complete running back. He's another guy who can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He's a pass catcher. Um, you know, he can pass block. I thought he was a better pass blocker than than, uh, than Freeman was. And then another guy that I think would maybe fit that's kind of going under the radar. Um, you know, the Jets might bring him back, but Bilal Powell. I think he's a nice player. Um, you know, he's he's a really good receiver, and he can you know he can handle the load too, even though he's not a real big guy. I think he's a you know a complete back. So those are a couple of guys that you know might be uh, might be running backs that the Raiders could consider if they're not trying to spend the you know incredible amount like on Le'Veon Bell. Now I like where you're going with Le'Veon Bell. I completely support it. If he's a Raider, I'm all on board, 100%, no doubt. But I'm going to go in a slightly different direction, and I'm a big fan of Mark Ingram. Now whenever Ooh. we're looking at our young backs, like you said, I mean if Marshawn leaves, there's no Doug Martin. We're looking really weak. You know, we're, we're riding on the coattails of uh, Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. Maybe we bring in a guy that can continue to mentor these young backs. Mark Ingram, 5'9", 215 pounds, kind of the same style of them. And uh, for the most part, he's been a great running back for New Orleans over his career. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's going to be turning 30 at the end of the 2019 season. He's basically entering uh, reliable years for a running back. Um, had it not been for the four-game suspension that he served at the beginning of 2018, he could have had three years in a row without missing a game, which is weird because I've heard these things about him not being able to stay on the field. But whenever you see three straight seasons besides that four-game suspension, uh, you can't help but think he's extremely reliable. And uh, now he's been pushed into a background role behind Alvin Kamara. And I know he loves New Orleans, but I think there's a good chance that he goes and uh, maybe gets some competitive offers from other teams looking to be that bell cow somewhere. And guess what? Oakland could use that guy. Um, money talks. And if John wants to pursue him, I think he could be a great guy. And to give you a number, over his eight-year career, he's averaged four and a half yards a carry. That's a phenomenal number for a guy like that to be able to carry over a span that long. That is great consistency. Don't get him wrong. I mean, he... He's a guy that you hand the ball off to nine times out of ten, but he's had 300-plus receiving yards in three seasons. Uh, he's a guy that you can, you can throw in there on third down, and you never know what he's going to do. And he's coming off 18 touchdowns in the last two years. It's a guy that knows how to score, 
And if you've watched the Raiders' offense the last two years, uh, we haven't, you know, we get down in that red zone and we, and we struggle to get there, get the ball in his hands. He's definitely a guy that falls forward and always falls across that goal line. Um, and like you had some honorable mentions, I got a few guys I'm kind of looking at too. Not necessarily that I love, but for some reason we could maybe go after. There's Mike Davis from Seattle. We love our Seattle guys. Maybe Tom Cable put something in his ear to get bring some more Seahawks over. We got Adrian Peterson. He's an old guy. You know how John Gruden is about his old guys. Maybe he could end his career in the silver and black. And a guy that me, personally, I like, Amir Abdullah. Now he has struggled with uh, injuries, but he's electric when he's on the field. He's great. He, he's a pass catcher. You know, Man. just a few options. If we can't retain the whole class, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's something we go after. I didn't even know Amir Abdullah was a free agent, to be honest with you. I hadn't even thought of that. Man, I, he is a guy that, like, when he was with Detroit and, he, you know, he had been drafted, I felt like he had so much potential. I think the first game he played, if I'm not mistaken, was in San Diego against the Chargers. And the Lions built a good lead week one, I think, that week. And Abdullah had, like, a, a couple really explosive plays. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, like, this yes. dude's electric, man. Like, yes. the, the Lions finally got their running back. Yes. You know what I mean? Little did I know their running back wouldn't come all the way until on Johnson, who was just a rookie this past year. So Abdullah <laughs> was not the answer. But, man, um, he's a guy that, you know, you would think would work, but he just hasn't worked. Um, the Mark Ingram thing. I mean, I would be completely happy with that. Look, if if he's going to leave New Orleans, he's going to do it now because he's going to be 30 next year during the season. So this is probably his last chance to cash out while he can. So I think there's a – unless New Orleans loads up on him, which they probably won't. They have Kamara. He's the younger, more explosive option, Um, the more, you you know, versatile option I'd say. So why would they load up mm-hmm. and pay Ingram a bunch of money? So I think there's a really good chance he goes somewhere else. And, you know, this age is not an issue with John Gruden. You know, you know, he believes in his veterans. Um, you know, you look at you mentioned that he averaged 4.5 yards a carry. But if you look at the last, you know, three years in particular, he's averaged 5.1, 4.9 and 4.7 yards mm-hmm. a carry. And, you know, this year, like you said, you know, he had only had 645 yards, but you know, he, he was suspended. He missed part of the year. Previous to that, he had 200 plus carries both years. He had a thousand plus yards yep. uh, both seasons. So he's, he's a guy that's nice balance between explosive play, but also he's a power runner as well. He is, you know, he's a guy that like, we're talking about Chris Warren. I'm not saying they're the same, but Ingram has the moves to, to make guys miss mm-hmm. and the speed in the hole. And he also has the finishing ability. He can also catch. You know, you look at his, you know, past four seasons catching the football, 50 catches, 46 catches, 58 catches this past year, just 21 because he missed some games. But so he is a versatile player. I, I like the connection, um, you know, so it's just a matter of, you know, how much money is he going to command at, at uh, 29, 30 years old? Yeah, and the guy runs hard. I, I watched a couple Saints games this year, and there's one play in particular where he took the ball from like the 20 and he just wrapped that thing to his chest as tight as he could stood up and he bulldozed through like three guys across the goal line i mean that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy we need we need a game changer yeah. and a guy that can find his he's way in the end zone deceptively fast too you yeah. don't think that he's going to get to the corner and then outrun everyone but he does like yeah. he has that breakaway speed too so that's a pretty rare combination yeah special player for sure now let's say uh maybe we maybe we miss on some free agents Let's start talking some draft 
prospects. Now, in my opinion, Chris, this draft doesn't feature like a must draft running back in the early picks. Like the last couple years, you know, there's no Ezekiel Elliott coming out. There's no Saquon Barkley coming out that we could take, at least, you know, with like the number four. And there's not really any huge names that stand out to me, you know, between 24 and 35 for us. There's a few top guys in there. But mid-round, uh, I have two guys on my list that I like. And I'll start off with one, Bryce Love out of Stanford. Five foot nine, 197 pounds. Um, I'll go ahead and say exactly what you're thinking already. Yes, he struggled with injuries. Uh, but we're not really looking for a bell cow back out of the draft. Um, depending on the moves we make in free agency, Bryce Love can be that X factor in the backfield. Uh, you know, maybe a Danny Woodhead, a Tevin Coleman type role. Um, and I have no doubt he's probably the most elusive running back in this year's draft with, of course, his size and frame that allows him to play that way. And that's the same reason that he has these health concerns, a little bit of a smaller guy. Um, but here's the news, of course, with my picks. I, I feel like I'm already backtracking on myself now, but here's the news that goes bad from, from bad to worse. Bryce Love tore his ACL on the last play during the last game of his season. Uh, Absolutely heartbreaking, but I mean, here's where I see uh, some upside with Bryce. You know, he, he's one of those players. Like I said, I always talk about intangibles whenever I look at uh, draft prospects. And he could have easily entered the draft after his 2017 season, after finishing second in Heisman voting behind Baker Mayfield. That year, he had 2,118 yards on 8.1 yards a carry in 13 games. It's absolutely monster. This last year, the offensive line at Stanford. I mean, they battled themselves through some adversity and injuries. Um, but last year, he ended up with, uh, out of 10 games, 739 yards on 4.5 yards of carry. Of course, he was still dealing with a nagging ankle injury that started at the beginning of the year. Um, but even through all this, um, even through everyone pegging him with the fact that he made the biggest mistake coming back for his senior year, he still sticks by his decision with confidence, man. Um, he only wanted to set an example. But he knows that these types of trials are what test you as a man. And I think with all this, he'll find out what he's made of, man. And uh, uh. Bryce loves a guy that just through going through something like that, um, he's still, I mean, when he got hurt, it was in December. Um, but he'll be sidelined through pre-draft workouts. But that three to six month recovery timetable, um, he'll be ready for training camp. And I, I have no doubt he could be 100% by the season's uh, start. So if you see that guy somewhere in the third or fourth round and we take him, uh, that could be a steal. We could get the best running sign, back in the draft. Sign me up for that uh, as far as, you know, getting him. Uh, you know, if he if he gets to day three, that is a total steal. Oh, uh, yeah. Bryce Love, you know, obviously there's the, the injury concerns. And, you know, uh, obviously players that are drafted, you know, if they're going to invest, they want them to at least start out being completely healthy. So yes. it's going to hurt his draft stock. Which is could be but good for us. But if he was completely healthy, you know, he, he there's no way he makes it to day three. But no, um, you know, and and teams this year, I mean, they were, they they knew that they had to stop Bryce Love. Like they were they were loading the boxes heavy on him. So mm -hmm. that obviously impacted him. But I still think he's a player. So I, I like that you brought him up. Uh, if we can get him in in round four, man, I would do jumping jacks. I, I have a feeling though, there's going to be a team that's going to know that you know, the value there. And I think they're going to not want to wait until day three. I think I'd be surprised if he gets out of round three, to be honest. Um, he's just shown too much yeah. to go that far. I think he's a late day two guy and I would, I would be fine with it if they snagged him in the third round. I honestly would. 
Yeah, especially with how common uh, torn ACLs have been. It's kind of a sad deal, but it's kind of becoming a normal recovery for some of these athletes now. Crazy, crazy we say that. If I tore my ACL, I probably wouldn't run for 10 years, but oh, yeah. these athletes, you know. I wouldn't run for the rest of my life. That would be traumatic. <laughs> but uh, who, who's uh, on your list of draft, draft prospects? Who's first on your list, Chris? First, I'm going to go with my RB1, the high end, the, the likely round one player, and that's Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. You know, 5'11", 216 is what he's lifted, listed at. Uh, you know, he's got it all, man. The size, speed, power, quickness, balanced, um, you know, uh, off of contact, you know, he'll stay up. He's got patience. He had 14 touchdowns of the season, 11 on the ground, three via the air, you know, catching them. Um, you know, if the, if the Raiders wanted to draft, you know, earlier you had said the Raiders aren't looking for the running back of the future in the draft. Well, if Marshawn does retire, and they don't really get the guy that they wanted to get in free agency, and they decide with one of those top three first-round picks, maybe the 24th pick or what yep. the 27th pick, to, to draft the running back of the future, Josh Jacobs would be the guy that I would want to get if he was there. Um, the question is, would he get to the you know, mid-20s? Um, I think there's a chance that he will. And you know, he, to me, he's the whole package. Um, you, know, you, you watch this guy's tape. I mean, he has it all, you know, I, that other Alabama running back is pretty good too, but Josh Jacobs is my guy. And, uh, he's probably the, the only running back I would put a first round tag on personally, even though I'm sure there'll be more than one going in the first round. He's the only guy that I would consider in a late first round pick. Yeah, I agree. And then of course I just have my second guy, I guess. I mean, I haven't, I didn't dig too much on the big name running backs this year. But another mid-round guy I'm looking at is Elijah Holyfield. Of course, I mean, the name says it all right there. The running back coming out of Georgia. He's part of that electric duo with DeAndre Swift. Uh, both of them posting 1,000-yard seasons. Um, but obviously his only downside is his uh, receiving. He's pretty much exclusively a ball carrier. I think he only caught like two passes this last year. It's kind of kind of absurd. You don't really see something like that. But I guess in a college system, they stick pretty strict to the player's role. Um, but there's a lot of buzz around him carrying his dad's great work ethic. And shoot, man, uh, got some uh, got some royalty there in the family. He knows the big stage. He could be uh, geared up and uh, ready to take a good turn whenever he enters the NFL. So Elijah Holyfield is, of course, a big name already, but he's a big name that I'm going to be watching falling off the board come uh, day two, day three. My guy is a dude who I think is honestly disrespected. Um, he's at Iowa state, David Montgomery. I'm a huge fan of his dude had a great season out of Iowa state. Uh, you know, he had over 1200 yards, 13 touchdowns previous season. He had over 1100 yards, 11 touchdowns. So he has consistent production the last two years. Um, I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy. That's probably the thing that's maybe keeping him in the steel kind of disrespected category is that he's not going to run like a four, three, right. Um, you know, but he's built similar to Josh Jacobs. He's, you know, in that 5'11", 215 range, maybe he's 220, might have a couple pounds on Jacobs. But, you know, even though he doesn't have the electric speed, he's fast enough and he's got power. He's got quickness, shiftiness. He breaks tackles. He's a tough runner. He finishes the play. He can catch the ball. He had 71 catches in his 37 career games, total of 26 touchdowns overall in his uh, career at Iowa State. Uh, you know, to me, He's a guy that, you know, I really firmly believe will have 
one of the bigger NFL careers of the of this running back draft class and and he's not up there I think I saw one thing had him as the 18th best running back coming out saw another thing that had him like the 12th best running back coming out to me I mean I put him in the top two I honestly I would go Jacobs and then I go Montgomery I might sound a little crazy but I believe in this kid I really like him and and I see him as a, as a running back that if he were in terms of value where where he seems to be slated with all these teams which you never know how it goes right mm-hmm. you never know who's going to be drafted where could totally throw you off but if he gets to round 3 I am completely and totally going to be pounding the table for <laughs> him like the the, yep. the steal is there go get him because I think he's as good as as some of the best running backs in this class so um, he's the guy that, that I'm in love with this year. And, uh, you know, last year, the dude I was in love with was Derwin James. So uh, you know, I think I got a decent track record in terms of who I'm in love with. But uh, yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm a David Montgomery guy all the way. I like that. You're getting me hyped up on David Montgomery right now. And you're giving me a little bit of that I'm vibe. Hyped. Dude, you're I'm ge- hyped, man. Join the club. <laughs> dude, watch his stuff. I'm telling you, man. We're going to get done with this podcast. I want you to study David Montgomery all night. I will. I'm noting him. I'll definitely check out the film. And, of course, you know, we're going we're gonna to speak on uh, draft prospects as a whole a little bit more whenever it does get down to the NFL draft. But I like the way you talk about these guys, man. You, uh, One of my favorite commentators, I mean, as of recent, he's been a little annoying, but you kind of remind me of him, but Chris Collingsworth, you give me that. Now, here's a guy, and you really just break oh, him down. No, you give me hot yeah. Except am I doing the slide into the camera, dude? <laughs> that's right next to Al Michaels. <laughs> no, you know what, man? Look, like, you know, it, it, you, there's one easy way to go about it, right? You can, you know, check out everything that the experts say, which obviously I take a lot of that in consideration. Um, I have some, you know, good you know, Twitter follows. Yes, mm-hmm. I do follow people on Twitter. I'm like what Cody says um, <laughs> that, that I listen to and maybe get my attention on certain players. But what I like to do is I like to watch these guys. I try to, you know, check a guy out. Hey, look at him, watch him, see how he is. So like, does he, you know, my eye test means nothing. Right. But what do we have? We have our instincts and what we know about football and we watch a guy and do we like him? And the more and more I watched of this guy, the more he showed me that he does everything you want out of an NFL running back. And it's not like he played against lower competition. He played against teams like Oklahoma this year. And, uh, you know, obviously those teams were a lot better than the teams that he, that he played on. But, um, you know, if I think a guy has it all, I don't care what, if the experts say he's the 18th best running back in the draft to me, he's the second best running back in the draft. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll see where he goes and we'll see the NFL career he has wish him the best, just like all these other, you know, young kids coming out. But, you know, I really like like this dude. If he's a Raider, man, let's put that sticker on his helmet, man. <laughs> he needs a Raider sticker, He'll man. He'll run in the dirt, man. <laughs> and I like that. I like how you, how you point out how you're kind of going off of your own judgment. And that's what you got to do, man. Whenever you're breaking down draft prospects, if you haven't seen any film, if you're just going off of what you, what you read and, and see on Twitter, that's not just it. You got you to see that film breakdown. You got to just have a hunch about a guy sometimes whenever you break down all the, all the stuff about him. And that gets uh it gets a little bit more serious whenever it comes down to the combine also the combine isn't something where you completely make or break a player but maybe he has a standout attribute that makes you go back to his film maybe he climbs that board a little bit maybe there's something you're missing about him maybe he does have a little bit more pep in his step than you originally thought and montgomery could be one of those guys so i agree with you but on the end of your statement 
I'm going to go ahead and write most of that off because you do not follow anybody on Twitter. That is a, that, that is a lie. That is a lie. I, I think I follow around 200 people or something like that. So well, yeah, it's, quit plan. That's good. It's a, quit plan. You got to get those numbers up, man. Well, dude, you follow like 15,000 people. So I don't know how you keep track of your timeline, dude. Like, I, I don't know you, how you even know what's up and what's down when you log on to Twitter at that point. You know what, man? I appreciate all of my uh, 15,000 people that I follow, but I will tell you. After I re- refired up this new Twitter account, my timeline is an absolute disaster. I feel like they like track like who you interact with, and they kind of drag those people up into your timeline. But ever since I've just followed like a thousand new people at once, I don't, I don't even, I don't even recognize my timeline, dude. It's, it's absolutely destroyed. So I kind of, I kind of feel your pain. I might be dropping down to your numbers here pretty soon. Oh, so now you're going to be unfollowing all no, your, your be, followers that you appreciate? I might be unfollowing. So if you're Live listening to this and air, I follow Cody you. Cody <laughs> is backtracking right now. <laughs> yeah, it might happen. If I have, just don't pay attention. If I unfollow you, don't take it personal. It's just because my timeline's a disaster. <laughs> let's, uh, but speaking of followers, let's, uh, let's take some of these phone calls. Chris, you ready? Let's go. Now this first call here. Came in late last week whenever we're recording our last episode. So I'm going to skip the first part of it and jump right to it. This is Bobby Wasabi, and he's got a question for us. So, Raider Cody, I got a bit of a trolling question for you. Let's see, let's see how you like this one. On the Frank scale of trolling, you know, kind of like in school, like an A through F, a being like a smooth, sophisticated kind of trolling, or like a smooth Sinatra kind of troll, and the F being a, a Frank Stallone, as in who the F is that? <laughs> no, Stallone's brother. I don't really know about that. How hard do you think DC trolled those guys over at ASS or SAS or whatever they're called? <laughs> it is the first one. I'd have to give Mr. DC a... Frank the Tank, which is like an A-double plus. All right. Because, you know, he's calm, quiet, cool, collective, maybe go to bed, bath, and beyond, nice little Saturday, and then boom, <laughs> hits in both barrels, freaks everybody out, freak out those two guys, man. Max Kellerman over there hugging Stephen B. Smith. I call him Stephen B. Smith because Bobby Wasabi owned his ass. <laughs> it was hilarious, all hugging and stuff. That's pretty much all I got. Bobby Wasabi out. Yeah, yo, 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 dude! I, what is wrong with Bed Bath and Beyond? I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> hey, you I know, like Bed Bath and Beyond, dude. They got comfortable pillows there. Hey, they got a sale going they on got, right now. Actually, it's like got, ten dollars off all their candles. Don't ask me how I know that, but all the kitchen accessories yeah. that you could want. <laughs> I, I feel disrespected right now. Oh, man. I Bobby, might go to Bed Bath and Beyond tomorrow with my wife, <laughs> just for that, just for yeah. Bobby Wasabi promo code Wasabi. But we got we got a question, man. I like this guy's questions, man. He brings some good stuff. But this one's a tough one. So we're on the we're on the Frank scale. So we got to give you a Frank that breaks down that breaks down Derek's troll on uh, Stephen Stephen B Smith. So who, okay, what do you got, Chris? I got since the troll had to do with UFC fighting, I'm gonna go with a mixed martial artist, Frank Mir. Right. Uh, I think it's only appropriate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, DC would go Frank Mir on Stephen yeah. A. and Max Kellerman. I, I heard those odds came out that somehow like Stephen A. was favored to like beat up Derek Carr or something like that. I know it's a total joke, but anyway, I'm pretty sure Derek could beat both of them up blindfolded. But I know that's not the type of person that Derek is. 
you know, he wouldn't do that. It was a joke. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Frank Mir. That message that he uh, preached over the weekend was pretty good, too, speaking on it. But for him to be able to take something like that, uh, a normal human mistake, something that we all do on Twitter, but take it to a congregation and, and teach everybody about it and show them where he went wrong, that's cool, man. That's why I like Derek Carr. That's some good stuff that he does off the field. I, I completely agree. You know, this um, – I, I forget who it was. They're verified, though. They were – I think, oh, it was pro football talk, which is, by oh. the way, the the worst. They're muted. I like, muted them. They're, they're, they're so awful. It's, it's like, gross. Anyways, they, they wrote a thing where it was like, you know, oh, like, Derek – something about like he thinks he's so religious yet look at this and obviously they're missing the whole point that he's saying that like he's imperfect right that i think i just thought that was so funny the hate train was just up and going on on car and so unwarranted man i mean god like first of all they are clowns they They shouldn't be talking about football and second of all i mean hey you know they got a problem they could always could always handle it the old-fashioned way. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been offered. It's been offered. But uh, to get back to your question, Bobby, um, I'm going to go a little different direction. I'm not going to give you your typical Frank. I'm going to give this. Uh, I'm going to give this troll a famous Frank's hot dog. Uh, you know why, man? Because after he clapped back on first take, this troll man, it got extra beefy, man. I'm telling you, it's a it's a famous Frank's hot dog beefy right now i mean it got hot it got going on and uh that's some good stuff bobby can't wait to hear from you next week bro i I got a question though if you're talking about hot dogs i I judge you severely for what you put on your pizza because it's obviously terrible okay well so what what are you putting on your hot dog what are you doing what condiments are you using i gotta hear this first off barbecue chicken pineapple jalapeno pizza is delicious from me and ed's the, if anybody's interested, it's called the Hot Hawaiian. I know there's some lovers out there that would like it. Um, but on my hot dog, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not necessarily a hot dog guy. I like my brats, you know. And uh, I throw on some cheese, some mild cheddar cheese. You know, this is, this is all done on the barbecue, of course. Barbecue it. I, I throw it in the bun, throw on some cheese. You're going to grill the hot dogs. You're not going to barbecue them. You're going to grill them. I'm going to grill them. I'm going to grill them. I'm going to BBQ. There's a difference. I'm I'm just correcting you. I'm going to BBQ them. And uh, I'm going to throw them back on the grill. I'm going to put some cheese. I'm going to put a little bit of mustard. Not much. A little bit of barbecue sauce. Not much either. And top them off with some jalapenos and call it a day. And I eat two, in case you're wondering. Okay. 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 I just probably just throw a little mustard on there, maybe some onions, and uh, well, you know what? Uh, call it a day. It fits your personality. It it fits your personality. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just plain. You know, <laughs> I stick with those. Pe- hey, pizza. I like pepperoni pizza. You know, I'm okay with changing it up a little bit. What, uh, you know, but I mean, you're you're obviously the the little outlandish, uh, <laughs> you know, unnecessary all, food eater. All condiments deserve so. respect and use, and I use them. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I bet you're the worst person to take an order for at a you know restaurant. What? You know what, Chris? I'm, I'm tired of listening to you. I'm listening to this <laughs> next. I'm going to listen to this next caller. <laughs> what up, Cody? It's Wop. You know, the notorious double me, the Italian pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, Wop. What's going on? Not much going on. Just kind of hoping. Uh, 
Oh, is he listening? Or? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I'm not excited for next year. We may still have an offensive line that is full of question marks everywhere. And we've got an online coach that is supposed to be an offensive line guru, but somehow manages to just completely decimate every O line he's ever had. So, not happy about that, but what can you do? And the draft coming, and everyone's like, draft Carl Murray, and uh, hopefully Mike Mayock kind of steers this boat in the right direction, points us to some good prospects. Yeah. We can hit these drafts out of the park. Other than that, WAP is out. I'm slowly coming back to Twitterverse again. Yeah. Um, you guys have a good one. WAP out. Yeah, WAP. It's been a while since I heard from you, man. I love your stuff. Glad you called in again. Uh, I tell you, your calls make me miss the regular season even more, man. Your after-game reactions were the best. But uh, like I said, man, thanks for calling in. Thanks for getting back in involved in Twitter, man. It was cool to see you. Make sure you follow my new co-host here, Chris. Uh, I think you disappeared before uh, before he came on the scene. So make sure you get involved and check him out. Let's take this next caller. Yep. Hey, Cody. JD, the SC Raider. Yeah. Listen, dude, I know we got a lot of things to cover, but the one thing that I'd like to cover the most is what a travesty. Once again, the Hall of Fame just doesn't get it right. Uh. How can they justifiably keep Coach Tom Flores out of the Hall of Fame they can't. yet again for another year? They can't. Some people say it's because he's Mexican. Mm. Well, we can cross that out because Tony Gonzalez and uh, Anthony Munoz are both in. So there's two Mexicans in there that I can think of right now. There's probably a couple more. The only explanation is he's a Raider. Peace out, brother. Yeah, hey. Great call. Yeah, he's got that. uh, that's 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 a touchy subject. I'm glad he brought it up. Uh, but, J.D., I'm going to have to hold off my reaction to this. My blood pressure, I feel it already rising. But we got, uh, we got real talk coming up here soon. And me, Chris, me and Chris want to uh, want to break it down in there. So uh, sit tight. Let's take this last caller. Yeah, what's up, Raider Cody? It's Tony. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Flores being snubbed like he was. Ah. Goddamn shame. I hope Kenny King Jr. puts him on blast for that. That's <laughs> enough of that. You know Maybe he will. <laughs> Keep Lynch if he wants to come back, obviously, because, I mean, he's Marshawn Lynch. You don't get rid of him. Uh, Doug Martin, eh, that could go either way for me. Get rid of DeAndre Washington completely. Like, just let him go. If, that, if it comes down to that, like, trade him, do whatever you got to do. But Joe Richard, and I'm telling you, Warren, Warren is going to be something. Uh, you put on that weight, they're going to make a big deal about it. He's going to condition himself, and he's going to be proper. And he's going to come out, and he's going to do exactly what Gruden wants him to do. All right. And it's going to be magnificent. All right. That's all i got to say about that. Uh, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Keon Hatcher either. I'm going to oh. go on record saying that right here so you can play alive. Let everybody hear that shit. Oh. Keon Hatcher and Warren. All right. Walk them down. I'm telling you, those are my sleepers. Okay. All right. Love what you do. So I call next time. Peace. All right, Stoney. <laughs> For anyone that... uh 
may have forgotten Stoney is the one that caused this whole <laughs> Derek Carr, Stephen A. Smith thing with the original tweet that Carr responded to. So if anyone's not realizing who he is, that is the guy. Stoney is the creator of the famous Frank's barbecue beef between Derek and Stephen. So there we go. All right, Chris, let's take a minute to show some love to the supporters that help make this show happen. Raider Nation, make sure you check out Dan from DC4L Custom Tees. Dan's been with us since day one. He carries all the Raider Cody podcast gear, and not just our gear. He has his own line of custom Raider shirts. There's a hot topic going down in Raiders world. Guarantee you he's got a shirt that's dropping soon, and it's perfectly fitting. My personal favorite is the felonious fan shirt. It perfectly represents our fan base, and as Raiders fans, it's time we just rep it proud, man. Next, make sure you check out rnforlifer.com. That's Raider Nation for Lifer. He has a lot of custom little accessories that you normally wouldn't think about, so you have to visit his website. But he has custom pins, custom patches. I've seen custom shoes. And my favorite is he has a full-blown custom Raider Nation flag, and it's the real deal. It's not your typical Amazon flag. This thing is full-stitched, full-embroidered, and it's the real deal. Uh, That's a guy you definitely got to check out. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook, but go to his website. That's rn4lifer.com. Dot com. And our newest supporter, make sure you check out Made by Tony Perez. You can find him only on Instagram at Made by Tony Perez. He does custom metal artwork, the real deal, CNC plasma cut, aluminum signs. I mean, he does signs. I've seen trailer hitches and even all the way up to custom barbecues. This dude's the real deal. And he, I mean, he powder coats, paints it, he vinyl wraps it. I haven't seen any custom Raiders artwork that really compares to Tony Perez's. And if you feel like finding out more, feel free to call him. That's 209-756-1830. Tony's a good guy, and he does great work. So make sure you check it out. But if you have any questions on where to find these guys, they're all on my website. Go to RaiderCody.com, and I have links to each one of their pages. Now let's quit messing around, and let's get back to the show. Now... It's the end of our callers, and uh, these last two, man, they, they, they got me rolling. They got my blood pressure up, and uh, there's one guy that we still need to get on here and let him loose. Let's see if, let's see if we can get a hold of the king, Chris. Real talk with the king. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? What's up, Kenny, bro? I'm in the land of Disney right now, hanging out with Mickey and Minnie. Just here to talk some uh, talk some sports. The ESPN zone's closed, so I guess I got to bring the news. <laughs> there it is, bro. So uh, what's man. hot this week, man? What's going on? You know, Super Bowl weekend. Always gonna have a, always a lot of interviews going on. Did you see? Did you see Kyler Murray on Dan Patrick show? Dude, I did. I did. And I want to tell you something real quick for the listeners that haven't heard it. Let me uh let me play it for him real quick. And that was uh, that that was the interview right there, folks. Man, That's all he what said. An interview, dude. <laughs> that was Man. crazy. So much context. I'm telling you what. I tell you what. Marshawn Lynch gave more eloquent speeches when he said, "I'm just here so I don't get fired." <laughs> okay. Oh, OJ man. OJ said more, holding his hand up with a bloody glove. Not saying nothing than <laughs> Kyler did 
by not saying yes or no. So much sizzling going on right now. I mean, come on, man. And this is a guy that you want to run a franchise? That's the guy. Remember, that's the guy that uh, that Gruden drooling over, man. That's he's the drooling guy over. He's drooling over. Five eight, smaller than Gruden. Deuce could put him on his shoulders and give him piggyback rides. Kelsey Martinez out there looking at him like, "Come on, bro. I could bench press more than you, and you are going to lead the franchise. Get out of here, man." Tell you, man. So we, dude, it's been an eventful week, man. What else? Uh, what else did we miss, dude? Uh, we missed Amanda Cooper on. Uh, on uh, t- TV talking about uh, spilling secrets. I guess, you know, what happens in what happens in the locker room and team meetings doesn't always stay in the locker room and team meetings. Nothing is sacred anymore. Uh, Wait, hold, hold on. Who's Amanda Cooper? Is that the cheerleader for the Cowboys? Who is you that? Mean, he is, yeah, he, he's the one that, you know, he, he scored like a seven-yard touchdown and ran out and was like, I'm here. Okay. Oh, cool. that's right. That's wonderful. That's right. He's the one that took balls to the face. Oh, that's why he loves being in Big D. <laughs> Got Oh, wow, dude. Got it. Oh, man. It's all figured out now, man. But no, hold, but let me ask you this. Hold on. If you got your head coach, your quarterback, throwing to you, who's supposed to be a number one receiver in the Pro Bowl, the best of the best, right? How you going to take a ball to the face? <laughs> that was oh, bad. You know, Kenny, I'm with Kenny. That, that, that drop in the yeah. Pro Bowl was bad, dude. It, it's one thing to be a drop. so downtrodden, like, after he dropped it, just like, <laughs> Just shaking his head, going back to the sideline, like he's like, "Man, I'm back, dude." Dude, but it's one thing to no. be a drop, but it hit him in the face, dude. That's oh, bad. No, it was an ugly one for sure. He had the look going back to the sidelines, like, "Man, this is why Oakland traded me." <laughs> Marcus man. Peters was right. Maybe Marcus Peters was right, dude. Oakland knows. Come on, he now. probably went to go cry in the car. Who knows? Gosh dang, man. But he's not the, he's not the only one talking crap this week. Uh, we 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 added another hater to the list, man. What's uh what's going on with Bill Romanowski? Oh, Bill. And so I'm gonna keep it kind of respectful for for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want to get my orbital bone broken. Two, I don't want to get my I don't want to get my face spit in. True. But three, you know, Bill is still a respected member of Raider Nation. Here's the thing: Bill was a great linebacker. I don't think the dude's ever played offense. So how are you going to speak about a quarterback and and, and what they want and how they want it? But you want to tell say that Rich Gannon wanted it. And Rich Gannon was, we have more passion than Carr. When Rich Gannon himself said, I like this kid, he's he could be better than me. Now remember, he's the guy, he's the guy that said that Matt McGloin was gonna take over and fill Carr's shoes and be a better quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He said that because because defenses haven't seen McGloin this year. So they're not going to know what to expect, and he's going to be better than Carr. I totally remember that, dude. I don't think McGloin's seen McGloin this year. He's sitting in a corner somewhere with, with high heels on, writing up plays with a, with a dirty notebook. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. me on Twitter. So I'm the, oh, the, 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 man. Penn State, the Penn State grinder, dude, getting trashed on Real Talk. Man. <laughs> oh, he was a grinder at Penn State, all right. Just ask Sandusky. Oh, oh. <laughs> dude, Raider Nation! I did not even mean to tee that up. Dude. I, I, that was no. not written. Oh, I had to hear not, That's that's how real Kenny is, dude. Yeah. Like no matter what you say, he's gonna he's gonna slam Doug. It's all oh, an value in some way, shape, or form with Kenny. Last I think we just gotta baby. stop talking. We just gotta oh. stop talking. And let him go. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously, let's, let's just I'm stop. Just let's turn stop, my mic let's off. Stop talking about balls. Let's stop talking about grinders. Let's just all that <laughs> stuff. Let's put that on the back burner. But hey, we, we've we've had a we've had a couple phone calls already, a couple fans already asking us, uh, and just like we open up this episode, uh, I had to delete an announcement and I had to change up a little segment, 
and a congratulations because a certain Raider got left out of the Hall of Fame class this year. Tom Flores. What's going on with that, Kenny? Yo, this one really pisses me off. This one really, really pisses me off. You know, I, I've yep. known I've known Coach since I was, you know, before I could even remember knowing him. Um, you know, Pops played for the Raiders from 80 to 86. Um, you know, I, I was there every year that, that Flores was there. Um, and, you know, he was he's he's a great man. I, I, I can't even talk about him like he's not there because he is. He's a great man. Uh, wonderful coach. Players loved him. Coaches loved him. Uh, well-respected. First Latino head coach in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. First coach that coached a wild card team to win a national championship. Ooh. First coach to win to win as an underdog twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he was also the first to. I think he was. A, yeah, he was the first coach to play and win, and also coach and win. So, you know, the fact that he's in or he's not in, and guys like Terrell Davis who had a migraine and closed his eyes and and you know ran a fake play. Um, Pat Bowen, who who got blown out in the Super Bowl multiple times. Actually, I got a stat here <laughs> that the NFL record for Super Bowl losses is a tie between two teams. Can you guess those two teams? I'm going to guess one is Denver. One is the Denver Broncos. The other is the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Both with five. So you can look at it as, yeah, you you made it there five times. Patriots, they they got there a different way. I mean, Tom backed the balls. Tom Brady, Tom Brady let the air out of some balls and filmed some people in the locker room. And so that's that's how he got there. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't a, Le- a LeBron James era. This is, you know, we're talking about winning championships here. Exactly. We're not talking <laughs> about practice. But then Pat Bowman, Pat Bowman, I mean, he was out there getting blown out until John Elway was 45,000 years old with wooden tea and, and had, had to have a, had to have Terrell Davis with a migraine running, you know, helping him out. So the fact that he made it in before, before he, he made it in before Flores pisses me off. The fact that Dungey made it in before Flores, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, that one gets me too, bro. And man, really tell you. gets me is Ty Law. Yeah. How's Ty Law going to get in there before him? He's only been in, yes. what, like three Pro Bowls? How many Pro Bowls Yo, has he been you in? Guys- did you guys watch the guy who uh, made the case for Flores? I felt like it was so underwhelming. Like I, I didn't even feel like he wanted Tom Flores in the Hall of Fame. It was so disappointing. No. It was like of all the passionate people mm-hmm. that could talk about this guy. I mean, obviously he was a you know he was an NFL player, but that's that's not it. He he was a coach for nine seasons with the Raiders. They were a winning team six of those nine seasons. They had 11-plus wins four of those nine seasons, two-time Super Bowl champion. And then also what his impact as a minority to be yeah. a head coach of a football team That's what I'm saying. In, in 1979 as a minority, that is that was unheard of. That's part of the, the, the history of this league taking a step in the right direction in terms of stop caring about – people being white and that's the only people that could be coaches in the mm-hmm. NFL. And right. that, that was a huge step for that to happen. So there's so much more than just the stats. There's a lot of meeting in that. And man, it's just disappointing, dude. This Raider garbage just getting cheated is just I'm it's heated, crap. Kenny. Speak it, man. Speak it. It's crap, man. I mean, look, they waited, they waited till Kenny Stabler passed to put him in. Yeah. You know, 
they Cliff Branch still isn't in there. Lester Hayes still isn't in there. There's so many guys that that should be in there that had that that have been snubbed that had you know they got robbed. However you want to put it, but it's like come on. When you look at when you look at what they've done, the impact that they've made for the National Football League for 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 the players, for minorities, for everybody in general, and and, and the fact that Tom Tom Flores was not inducted into the Hall of Fame, but but Pat Bolin was. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. I can't, I can't deal with it. I can't take it. It's, it's, it's crap. I'm glad you brought up Ken Stabler, man, because I feel like this is this is what's pissing me off about the whole thing. Is I feel like they're giving Tom Flores the same treatment. I mean, the dude's 81 Correct. years old, and you're gonna make him wait another year to try and take another shot at the Hall of Fame. I mean, give me a break, dude. How long you want him to wait? I mean, are, are you are you trying to – you don't want to do it to his face? Is that, the, is that the treatment we're going to give the Raiders from now on? Is that how Raiders right. get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, come on. There's only been 23 coaches in NFL history that have won two-plus Super Bowls. He's one of them. And his first one was the first one as a minority coach. I mean, give me a break. Him and Mike, Mike Ditka. I mean, Ditka, of course, he's Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, Ditka. he's one of the only two people in the NFL – history to win a Super Bowl as a player, assistant coach, and a head coach. So, I mean, the dude, I mean, the accomplishments are there. I mean, you you can't get him wrong. I mean, he's coached. I mean, just like you said, you coached your dad. But, I mean, he's coached 10 Hall of Famers, man. He coached Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, Mike Haynes, Howie Long, Dave Casper, Marcus Allen, James Lofton, Ray Guy, and Ken Stabler. And you can't say, I mean, I get it. He worked with Hall of Famers, but he played a vital part in their career to make those guys Hall of Famers. So give me a break, dude. I'm getting tired. The thing is, the bottom line is, if your only excuse for not letting the 81-year-old head coach, Tom Flores, get in the Hall of Fame this year is because there's just not enough spots. I'm sorry. We're going to let Ty Law take one of those six. Preach yeah. it, Cody. Preach it. Hey, hey, speaking of the OG, Kenny King, have you talked to your dad about this today? Have you have you spoken on the phone with him? Connect, and then maybe next week you can let us know uh, how your dad, how, how Pops feels about that. Oh yeah. Hey, but you know what? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let myself calm down a little bit. We we gotta end this on a good note. Okay. Khalil Mack didn't get DPOY. <laughs> so at least yeah. we don't have to hear about that. Yeah. We didn't have to hear the Raiders traded away defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack. I mean, he's still Khalil Mack, but at least you're he's right. He's still Khalil Mack. We don't have to have a meeting. We don't uh. have to have a meeting of after Khalil Mack gets Defensive Player of the Year to talk about <laughs> Khalil Mack getting Defensive Player of the Year. Is, yeah. is the tide starting to turn a little bit? <laughs> Not everything is going against us. All the Flores thing, obviously, but in terms of the the current team. Things are not going absolutely worst case scenario anymore. So there's there's progress, guys. Not progress. everything is against us. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. That's not a good everything. start, man. That's not a good everything. start. I'm telling you, man. Kenny, that was a good call this week. There's almost too much juice this week to fit it all into one segment. Uh, there might be a, might be some stragglers hanging over next week. So until then, man, we'll see you later, bro. All right, brothers. Dang, Chris, that was a good call we just had with Kenny. And it wraps up, dude, like I said, it's been a hectic week. Hopefully it's not a stepping stone for what's to come the rest of the offseason. Well, what, what do we have to look forward to as Raider fans? Man, well, it's another offseason with John Gruden. So it's <laughs> going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be ups. There's going to be confusing times. But, no, nah, man, we have a, at the end of the day, we have a great opportunity, um, you know, with, with the flexibility and the cap that we have, the draft picks, just got to take advantage of it, man. And I'm really excited to see how this Gruden-Mayock 
combination operates come free agency. And that's, that's big, you know, March, you know, I believe it's March 13th. It's coming fast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, the, the type of players that they're going to want to bring in to be part of the future, you know, going into Las Vegas and, and, uh, you know, it should be interesting and, uh, looking forward to it, man. hundred percent, dude. And, uh, like you said, you know, March 13th, it's coming up close, but we still here on the Raider Cody podcast, have a few more position groups to break down next week. We're breaking down the defensive line, the oh so underwhelming defensive line. So, uh, for those that heard the call ins, make sure you call in next week your opinion on a defensive line player, maybe that you're interested in, or just your overall opinion on how they played. Of course, I don't expect it to be too positive. Uh, Mo Hurst. Sure, Mo Hurst, man. Mo Belly, I'm telling you. Make sure you guys call it in to 808 650 7220. All the information's on the website, RaiderCody.com. Any more questions, that's where you find it. And uh, we're going to wrap this episode up, Chris, uh, with a little, I guess, debt that I have to pay here. We launched on our Twitter page. Whoever shared it gets a shout-out. So for all you folks that did, I think it was 103 to be exact. That's a huge number. And uh, I'm going to take a deep breath and give you all what you deserve. Ray Ray, Tommy, Timo 52, Monster Mash Ken, Raider Arcanum, Scott Winter, Sandy Go Raider, Dennis 272, IE Raider Fan, JD the SC Raider, Lance Kiffin, G Raider, J Bay Dog, Joseph Castillo, Richard Savory, Martin Eng Jr., The Not So Slim Shady, Steven Johnson, Dennis Barbour, Sherwin Goodwin, Brother Tim, London Raider, Grizz Turner, Alex Cruz, Nick Black, Jay Hain, 0610, Scott Pierce, DC Raider Fan, Heidi Stabbert, B. Vol Era, Tom Benton, Dan Atterbury, Dustin Matthews, James Wiseman, Venom Raider, Michael R. Lizaraga, John Malley, Hello, My Name is Jake, Larry Alvarez, Raider Jude, Tony, Raider Kane, Raider Roddy, Harry Fairclough, 916 Thickness, Mario Gomez, Joseph Castillo, Richard Savory, DJ IMD1, Russell H., Midwest Raider, Kansas Raider, John Davis, Nurse Aaron, Damage Inc., Raider Fan from SoCal, Stoney, Justin Mailhot, John Valera, Raider Rick, Earl Hilbert, Mr. Killjoy, Kyle Jones, Guy Mazone, Joey Morales, Escaletto, Michael, Michael Fernetti, Raider Weggs, Martin, Matthew Hill, Langston Huge, Brent Baker, Madden GTA fan, JC, Rob's a Raider 73, Dan the Sports fan, Raider Ray, Marcus C., Mike Novak, Mario, Blue Devil 65, Coach T, Kevin Kimball, PJ Harrington, Robert Goffredo, Raider, Hemi, Jesse Blunt, Raider Don, SB Attacked, SD, Juan Herrera, Ronald Jackson II, Omar Medina, Turd Ferguson, is that seriously his name, Turd Ferguson? Brandy RNWC, Matthew Dreyer, Enrique Munoz, Bay Area Gringo, Raider B-Girl, Ryan, Raider Girl 6, Ragin' Raider, Amit Barn, Rover, Raider Roo, Jimmy B. And last but not least, Sherry Cunningham, my mother. <laughs> and uh, that's it this week. Chris, it was a good episode. Can't wait to see what we bring next week, bro. We'll see you later. All right, Raider Nation. Peace out. Let's go Raiders. Raiders.